Hello, and welcome back to the Unending TBR podcast. I'm your host, Nicole. I am an avid reader, a book blogger, a bookstagrammer, and just all-around book nerd. Thank you for joining us. So for today's episode, I'm going to actually talk about a genre that I rarely read, and that's the sci-fi slash speculative fiction genre. Um, For some reason, sci-fi never really jumped out at me as, and it never really grabbed my attention. Not quite sure why. I never got into Star Trek or Star Wars. That never appealed to me. However, when I look back on some of some of my most memorable books, they kind of fall into the sci-fi and speculative realm. When I got my start listening or reading Christian fiction, I actually started with the supernatural thriller type genre. Frank Peretti was my go-to. I went all into Ted Decker, Bill Myers. Those were all my those were my main course in reading. And it's just funny how your reading taste can really change. But some of those lessons still stay with me, really no matter what the genre. As long as it's well written, it's interesting how that stays. So the first book that I want to talk about is The Voice by Bill Myers. This is a book that I read years and years ago. And just looking back on it, in preparation for this episode has me wanting to maybe plan a reread because this was even though it kind of falls in the in the speculative light science fiction it was kind of on the light side and it just had so much action that it grabbed me from the beginning it's about a character and his name is Charlie he's a burnt out special forces special ops guy and he is thrown into a situation where his niece just shows up on his doorstep saying that um, his sister has been kidnapped and by these bad people that are trying to get their hands on this program that his sister has developed that has somehow managed to record the actual voice of God. And, okay, so, if I haven't lost you yet... It's amazing how Bill Myers writes something that even though it sounds kind of bizarre, the way he writes it into the story makes it believable. And I just feel like that's his, that's Bill Myers' really good storytelling ability. Um, and so the voice just packed a punch. It opened up like within the first several pages, you have shootouts, you have car chases, you have a mysterious um, character who pops up. Is it a friend? Is it a foe? All those really great things that make a great suspense, a great thriller came out in the voice. And it's just one of those books that has stayed with me for years and years. I mean, I think I read it when I was in my late teens, early 20s, and it was just there all the time. And I was even describing it to my family a little while ago. And my teenage brother goes, oh, man, was that a book or a movie? It just had that imagery that that makes it so good that I feel like when I talk to it when I or when I talk about it, 
that I've seen it, if you know what I mean. And that is totally the feeling that I got from the voice. Um, one of my favorite things about this book, and you'll probably find is a theme with me, is I am a really big fan of kind of the wounded, burnt out character and their kind of redemption story or coming back into their own theme. And that is really the case with Charlie. He's definitely, he definitely fits that bill. And one of my favorite dynamics with this book was the relationship with his niece. He had like never met her or very, he was quite estranged from his sister. So he really didn't have a lot of interaction with his niece. And it's interesting because his niece is actually deaf and she is one of the funniest she's one of a handful of the funniest teen characters that I have ever read I think in the book she's like 13 and oh my goodness it, the funny things that she says and it's a little bit of uh, intro it's a little bit of an introduction into deaf culture a little bit. I mean, it's, it's not heavy into it, but she reads lips. She has this amazing sarcastic sense of humor and just how she comments when Charlie does his special ops thing. Oh man, I just want to go back and read it because in the middle of all the car chases and shootouts and all the suspense, there were some really funny moments and I love, even in movies, I love a good movie that has comic relief in it. And that is truly the way it is with voice. And then in the end, where everything kind of, you know, comes together and everything, there's actually a really interesting takeaway message from it too. So that's, I think, why it's one of my favorite, because... It has something to take away. It was action. It was entertaining. It was funny to me. That's the perfect combination in a story. So here I go again with my second selection in my favorite sci-fi speculative fiction. Um, would be another one by Bill Myers. And that would be The God Hater. The God Hater I read ooh, probably about five years ago. And it's, um, it's a really interesting take. It's all, it almost has more of an allegory quality to the story. And that was just a really interesting take. So it's about a philosophy professor who is a staunch atheist. And it was real, like, it's interesting how it's a very hardened character in the beginning and how he's incorporated into this group of scientists that have created a computer generated world. And they're having problems with it because they're finding their computer generated world model or whatever. There's technical terms and it makes sense in the book, trust me. But they're having a hard time with how the characters in this parallel world, in this computer-generated world, how worldviews fit into how we interact as humans. I think that's the best way I can describe it. So the philosophy professor is called In, 
to help them run through these tests and, and try and see if they can edit the program so that way it works how our world works. So again, it, it's really a lot. As you get into it, you start to see the layers of why it feels and sits like an allegory and why the philosophy professor parts of his past come to light and you start to understand why he is the way he is and it it starts to delve into philo philosophy topics like relative relativism darwinism buddhism like a bunch of different worldviews but it does it without it feeling like a lecture or feeling like um without it feeling at all like you're reading it out of a textbook. It's just really interesting how Bill Myers created it into a story. And he's an amazing storyteller. And he gives an alternate universe angle to the story of salvation in this book. And it helps you, it helped me at least, it helped me see it in a whole new light because I've, I've grown, I've been a Christian for years and years. So it's interesting to me, you're familiar with the story. You're familiar with the theology behind it and all of that. But it's interesting to see how a fictional story, even at like a speculative sci-fi kind of angle, can make it appear fresh and, and give it that parable quality to it that I really, really enjoyed. And it explains sin, atonement, sacrifice in a way that was, it really resonated with me. And I really like that about this. And I feel like this is something, I mean, maybe it's a little evangelical fiction type, but I feel like it was enjoyable still, just the way it was presented. So it was definitely an unforgettable experience and I would recommend it to anybody who's into that kind of what if, let's explore worldviews through science fiction. So that is definitely my recommendation. So now I wanna talk about a book that I have read the most recently. I, it was last year. And that was Synapse by Stephen James. This book gave me a major book hangover. Um, I hadn't read any Stephen James for quite a few years. I had just fallen out of touch with his books. And then this one popped up and I decided to give it a shot just to mix things up. And it really, really shone through with Stephen James's writing ability to write a thriller. Um, it's set. 30 years in the future in a time when artificial intelligence and humans live side by side. So we're talking like really futuristic. I was explaining it to my brother saying, it's like, okay, well, what kind of movie would I compare this to? And he says it was like kind of along the lines of iRobot. I haven't seen that, but he said how it's, how it's, it's not like the robots have taken over like in Terminator, kind of like right before that probably. But anyway, it's like, so you have it where it's a society where there's, there's humans, there's 
a artificial intelligence who look like humans, but they're, they're artificial. It's like your walking companion Alexa is walking beside you. And then there's people who have um, kind of like medical modifications for disabilities and stuff with mechanical implants. Um, what's the word? Cyborgs. So that's kind of the setting of what Synapse opens into. And it follows, I think that there's four points of view, but the three main characters are Kestrel, and she's a woman and a pastor who has, is just going through a terrible loss as the book opens. And then there's Nick. He is a counterterrorism agent type guy, and he's trying to thwart some sort of an attack that is looming in the future. And then you see another point of view, which is really amazing. And to me, the brilliance of this book was Jordan as a character. Jordan is an artificial intelligence. You see humanity and the world through the eyes of a robot, which I know it sounds weird. I usually don't read sci-fi, but it really works in this story. Um, it really made me think. It really had me asking those questions of what does it really mean to be a human? I mean, we have so much stuff, um, so many advancement in technology and stuff like that. What makes us human? I mean, we're made in God's image. It's not, we're different from the rest of his creation. So what is it about us that is part of the human experience? And it just really, that book really made me think deep about that. It has about the questions about life, suffering, um, the existence, just existence and consciousness, um, the existence of the soul and what the soul is and what's the difference between knowing something mentally, like really knowing it and believing in it and putting your faith in it. And I mean, there were all really deep questions that are answered through a sci-fi thriller. I mean, this was a thriller. It was action packed. It was very gripping. I mean, I read it in just a couple days. Um, even juggling it around work and everything because it was just so, so fascinating. It totally had me hooked and there was just so much going on and, you know, with the terrorist attack coming and it, I think it was like a countdown mode or something until the actual attack happened. So like the whole book, you're just anticipating something going down and then there's like, ups and downs in the in the plot and the pacing where something happens and there's like a little bit of a lull and you learn something and it was just really well constructed um definitely one of my favorite from Stephen James just how he had me totally absorbed in a genre that I almost never crack I mean even the descriptions of other science fiction, I just kind of like, eh, yeah, not into it. Oh my goodness. This one is definitely one of my favorites and most memorable. 
because it makes you ask the question, I feel like that's the real beauty of this one is because it had that depth to it. So definitely, if you know a sci-fi lover and they're looking for Christian fiction, I would highly recommend trying that one out. As I'm recording this episode, I'm just realizing how this is kind of a slow progression from light speculative into sci-fi, and now we're going to go deep into sci-fi. So the book that I want to talk about next is Brand of Light by Ronnie Kendig. This was definitely a step out of my comfort zone. I mean, I hadn't even really planned on reading this book. Like it wasn't high on my priority, but I kept on hearing a bunch of people who liked the same books I liked, that it was one of their favorites that year. So, I mean, I decided to give it a try because as you will probably often hear, I am a really big Ronnie Kendig fan. She has an amazing ability to um, write great characters that I really care about. And so I'm, I'm finding more and more, it really doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what genre. I mean, I definitely have favorites, but a really good storyteller can tell a good story in any genre. And I'm a really, I'm becoming a bigger and bigger believer of that statement because of what happened to me in Brand of Light. Because this was a big, the first book in her trilogy and, oh my goodness. So it's, it's a deep, what I consider a deep sci-fi space opera type thing. I have never read anything like this before. Again, I'm not into Star Wars. I'm not into Star Trek. I, I just don't gravitate towards that. So this was a step out of my comfort zone, but a little bit into the story. It did not take much. I was really absorbed into a whole nother universe. And with some of the things that I didn't really get, I don't know if they're sci-fi talk or what, but you kind of had to just roll with some of the descriptions, but it slowly layered up, building up the universe, building up that world with words. And you came to just anticipate what was happening about the characters. And really with me, it's all about amazing characters that I can either relate to or care about. And she definitely absorbed me in with her characters. And then therefore she absorbed me into this world where I can kind of picture it. I mean, I don't know if that's what she was picturing, but that's what I'm picturing. So all throughout this book, my brain was working over time to visualize what this world looks like. I mean, I really didn't because I've never delved into this genre. I had no idea what some of these things are even supposed to look like. So it was a little bit of a challenge for me, but it was definitely, I think, worth it. Okay, because the reason I'm so hesitant is that, and I'm kind of, like, I know, I think it's, I think it's a trilogy because this series, that ending almost has me wanting to do something that I very rarely do and is wait till all the books come out so that way I can read it all at once. I just don't know with one book coming out a year if I can really wait that long because I read the last book or the first book back in December and I think they come out once a year each in December and I'm just wondering if I can wait that long because you guys oh 
she gets you all into these characters she develops all these scenarios this whole world and then she just stops it and i was in such a crazy hangover issue with that book i was i was beside myself because oh it was the the weight has been torture okay i'm like recording this in june and i read it in december and it still stays with me and that's probably a testament to her amazing writing ability but oh my goodness i mean it was it was in the point that i almost cried when i would see a corvette drive down the road because she, it brought back all the feelings because she has a vehicle in the book that she calls a Corvette, well, at least from the spelling, that's how I pronounced it in my mind, but called a Corvette, and I'm like, oh, oh my goodness, I remember that one scene where they were doing this, and it was just like, oh, so much is built up, and I care so much about these fictional characters, it's not even funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm probably just going to end up caving and reading it as soon as it comes out in December, because I don't think I'll be able to wait that long because I don't think I have any kind, I don't think I have that strong of willpower, to be honest. Well, thank you for listening to my summary of a few of my most memorable sci-fi and speculative fiction books. If you want to continue this conversation, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on social media at, on Instagram and Facebook at Nicole and the Unending TBR. Until next time, I hope you find some great books to read, and may your TBR be unending. Talk to you later. Bye.